0: Learn more at marines.com.
1: Just turned on the radio, says one of our texters here. Have you mentioned Greg yet? Yes, uh, Greg from Guy and his winning tip. We started the show with that. Um, Reptile, I know you've had a couple of cracks there. I've I've lost track of your messages here. Uh, I don't think Greg from Gundaguy's tip counts. wasn't his tip. He just passed it on and jumped on the back of it. Not a big fan. They kept going. They continue to go toe-to-toe. Right, let's get into our top 10 sports stories of 2023. This is what I've narrowed it down to 10 through to 1 in terms of the biggest sports stories of the year. Let me know if I've missed any or what you think about any of these. As I mentioned, I reckon 10 down to 3 perhaps could be in any particular order, but I've started with the Live Golf PGA merger story that emerged in July. So the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour and Live They were at each other's throats. They announced in July an agreement to merge and form one unified commercial entity. What did it all mean? Well, that's still playing out. It was a huge story and it blindsided a lot of people and hypocrisy was one of the key words that came rushing out of all of the headlines, especially from the PGA Tour side. Remember, they were so vocal and so, so against live. Anything to do with it and they just pushed back hard at the public investment fund in the Saudis. Jay Monaghan was leading the charge and then he was the one that had to explain why they were essentially trying to jump into bed together. Here is the PGA Tour Commissioner.
2: It's a historical day for the PGA Tour and the game of golf. Uh, and it's a historical day for the PIF and the DP World Tour. And you're right, you know, there's been a lot of tension in our sport over the last couple of years. But what we're talking about today is coming together to unify the game of golf and to do so under one umbrella and david the way that we're doing that is we're creating a for-profit llc uh that the pif is going to invest in alongside the dp world tour uh and together we're going to move forward uh and we're going to take efforts to to grow and expand this great game and to take it to new heights we've recognized that together we can have a far greater impact on this game than we can working apart. And I give Yasser great credit for coming to the, t- coming to the table, coming to the discussions with an open heart and an open mind. We did the same, and the game of golf is better for what we've done here today.
1: That's Jay Monaghan, who's got to go down as one of the most hypocritical people of 2023. For what he said there is a whole load of baloney. All they were really doing was trying to stop litigation. That's what was really happening. Yasser al ramayan the head of the Saudi Public Investment Fund, is now the most powerful man in world golf. They spent $2 billion setting up Live. That's a drop in the ocean of their $600 billion investment fund. It's a small piece of the pie. And they were prepared to go the distance in the court. So we don't know who yet has won the war in world golf, but we know who won the initial battle, and to me... It was one of the defining sporting stories of 2023. It's still going. Who becomes the long-term partner for the tour? Well, it doesn't matter to the Saudis now. It's either them or they'll just continue to go their own way. That comes in at number 10. Number nine is a story that we followed throughout the course of the year, and it all came to a head on the 18th of July, and it was about the Commonwealth Games being, well, said, see you later did Premier Daniel Andrews in Victoria. He announced an extraordinary backflip and it could well go down as the day the Commonwealth Games died. According to the Premier, they were saving somewhere between 6 and $7 billion. The reality is it's cost them at least $380 million already for nothing. That's the compensation they had to pay to the Commonwealth Games Federation. And since, everyone has run the other way. Canada said no to stepping in. And also notice staging what would have been the 100th anniversary of games in 2030, where the games were first held in Canada, in Hamilton. The model was broken. The new regional model broke before it got started. And there isn't another model that makes financial sense. Of course, every mayor stuck their hand up since. And we gave you the inside running of this story throughout 2023. Why is it such a big story? Because the Commonwealth Games have had such a big part in sport in this country and should continue to have such a big part in fostering the growth of international competition for our athletes. But politicians have got their hands on it and also the Commonwealth Games Federation have mismanaged it. And now they are at the end of the plank. There's nowhere else to go for the Commonwealth Games except in the drink, which is a real pity perhaps something comes out of the blue and if it did that would be a big story where does the Wallabies World Cup demise and Eddie Jones fit in well it definitely fits in the top 10 I've got it at number eight and I reckon it's the Hail Mary pass that just didn't come off Eddie Jones arrived in a blaze of publicity and he left the very same way which is almost you could argue what Rugby Australia needed to be a topic of conversation the problem was Eddie lost his way. The Wallabies lost matches and Australia suffered its earliest exit at a Rugby World Cup ever. The unhinged press conference at the airport, which I referenced at the time was something out of the ordinary, even for Eddie. The Japan job interviews, the denials around that, the lack of transparency, the urgency and lack of it from the administration to find out what was going on. The non-selection of established players leaving Michael Hooper back in Australia, the excuses that went with it, it was an utter debacle. And it was that Hail Mary pass that just missed badly. The only positive, all of Rugby Australia's problems are now laid bare. And perhaps the only positive is that the only way is up. This is how it played out along the way from Eddie Jones and from Phil War.
0: Did you do a job interview with uh, Japanese rugby a couple of weeks before the World Cup? If so, what was the thinking? I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Do you have a second interview lined up with the JRFU? I said I don't know what you're talking about, mate. I'm committed to coach Australia. Always been committed to Australian rugby. Uh, I want to leave it in a better place, and that's still the job, mate. Ah, uh, well, I'm committed to make it a better place. Well, it's not my—it's my, my, not absolutely it. my decision, is it? Now yeah, we've got a review going forward. And we'll see what happens at the end of the review. Uh, in terms of Eddie, we've been working through with Eddie through through the process. We ended up uh, at a sensible outcome, uh, and uh, and that's uh, that's uh, certainly something which uh, we worked through over the last uh, few days, and uh, and we've uh, closed it out quite uh, quite well. Sometimes you go in the bank and you blow it up, mate, but you don't come out with the money. Teaching a team is a bit like being in a marriage, mate. You need commitment from both sides. As we said at the start, we're going to do a
1: smash and grab. So we got the smash. We didn't get the grab though, mate. Never a truer word I reckon has spoken. And it came ironically at the end of all of that from Eddie Jones. So that takes us down to number eight. We'll do seven, six, five, and four after the news. So the top 10 sporting stories of 2023, in my opinion, number 10, the Live Golf PGA merger announcement and everything that's followed since. Number nine, the Commonwealth Games demise. Number eight, Well, where do you start with the Wallabies World Cup campaign and the Eddie Jones experiment slash predicament and where Rugby Australia is at right now? So that's some heavy stuff. There's a little bit more to come, but here's a good one. One of the good stories of 2023, without a doubt, Ange Postacoglu. Ange Ball comes to the Premier League and he brings with it his own touch and they absolutely loved him from the very first press conference.
0: Delighted to be here, looking forward to the massive challenge ahead, which uh, I was well aware of before taking on the responsibility and uh, looking forward to uh, working with the players and the staff and you know, being part of a, a, a really uh, strong competition. It was a brilliant few years for you at Celtic. You know, look, it's fair to say every sort of position I've had has kind of needed some sort of rebuild. and. Um, as you said, I had a, had a brilliant two years at uh, Celtic. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if it's about patience. I mean, you can't ask people to feel a certain way or to, to sort of dampen expectations. I think what I've tried to do wherever I've been, and including Celtic, is allow them to form their own opinion with what they see rather than what I say. And um, you know, at the beginning, even though the results weren't there, the supporters could see what we were trying to do and got behind us. And I don't know whether that's it's going to be a rocky star for us or a good star for us. But either way, my, you know, my hope and my desire and what I'm going to try and do is give our supporters hope and and belief that we're, um, you know, we're going to embark on something special.
1: They would go on and continue to love Big Ange instead. Refreshing, inspirational Australian, like I said, one of the good stories of 2023, and there's still more to come on that one. Number six on the list. Now, this is a floating story, and it's not one that's reached its end game by any shot of the imagination, but I'm talking about Rugby League's expansion. Now, it came to the fore more so than ever in 2023 in the 18th team and the focus on Papua New Guinea in particular, based more than likely out of Cairns. But Papua New Guinea is going to be the home base. And the more we see and the more we hear and the more we read, it's a lock, essentially, and a story that will only get bigger. Here's Some of how it played out throughout the course of the year.
2: My mail is that simply a one-horse race P&G will be that 18th franchise We're seeing the Pacific Championships underway now Massive money, what was it, 7 million Committed to staging internationals in the Pacific Earlier this year by the government uh, And we saw those amazing scenes uh, When the Prime Minister's team went over there Our Aussie players absolutely mobbed It is like a religion I'm happy to put it out there I don't think it's too far off being announced Some
0: time ago, Prime Minister Mirape Asked our Prime Minister, Albanese That the best gift he could give Would be an 18th team franchise We're not expecting actually to be playing in the competition in 2025. The entry into the competition is likely to be around 27, 28 uh, in line with the new broadcast conversation. There is some time frame, but yeah, 2025 we're we're hoping or expecting that a decision on the 18th team would be made in 2025. At the end of the day, it impacts on our existence as clubs. We're the ones in some ways who've
1: worked for many years
0: to create a competition that people want to join. So... In tandem with the NRL senior management and the commission, it would be good to have some input into where that AD's team is and what it
1: looks like and what time frame it comes in. So just take a quick snapshot there of of the discussion points that are already on the table. Michelle Bishop leading that with the fact that it's a one-horse race, and that's the kind of reporting that's been happening this season. And then you've got the PNG side saying, yeah, we're hoping that we get word in 2025, but it'll all lean towards a new broadcast deal by 2027 and thereafter that. And then opposition teams and clubs saying, hang on a second, we've got to protect our patch. This is a story that will only get bigger. And at the heart is the question that is yet to be answered and fully, I think, fleshed out. Is Papua New Guinea best for the game when it comes to expansion? Or is it best for Australia geopolitically? Is that really the question? The game is going to go to 18 teams. This is the start of a story where more questions will need to be asked about why and who else and where. And that's the good thing about this story. It's kicked off, it's a big one, and it's happening right now and we have to follow that and I think it will be one of the big ones in 2024 and beyond, which takes us to number five and the sport of netball, which achieved so much in 2023 but unfortunately almost lost among the more dominant sports and disputed throughout the year, um, was netball's dispute itself. So this one kept going throughout the year, and it reached a stunning and I would say quite shameful climax at the awards, which was very hard to miss. And we cover this too at length, the awards night. Super League players boycott it while they continue not to be paid and try and work out a bargaining agreement essentially with Netball Australia. Diamonds players, World Cup champions this year, are threatened with legal action if they don't turn up, which is quite extraordinary. Then Liz Ellis, one of our most respected netballers of all time, after whom the main award on the night is named, is only invited via email on the same day as RSVPs are due and can't make it. She's got a clash. In response, Netball Australia apologises for an oversight. There were tears around all of this dispute, but in the end, we got a deal. Let's have a listen from Liz Ellis, from Joe Weston, as well as this netball Netball pay dispute played out.
2: The players are standing strong and saying, actually, no, we want to talk about this revenue share model, this partnership model. And the players are really serious about being custodians of the game. They're not going to send the game broke. They're asking for a partnership model. And that's where the sticking point is. My only concern now is that the relationship is so poisoned between the two Mm. parties that we may not end up with any sort of meaningful agreement in the near future. What happens then? Yeah. Look, I I don't know. And I'm wondering if a third party, if the government, if the federal government perhaps has to step in and say, you can't run the sport. It's been,
1: uh, it's been really hard, I think. All of us just want to be able to move forward with what we think is fair and reasonable for our playing group. We want to feel like we're, we're valued. We want to feel like we're
0: respected and listened to. And, yeah, hopefully um, tomorrow when um, we're in the room we'll be able to um, get something done for our players.
1: Sorry. Joe Weston finishing off that. There were tears. Like I said, it shouldn't have played out that way. But as we saw, every dispute is messy. And that leads me to number four. The RLPA, NRL, CBA dispute. What a saga this was and what a mess it turned out to be.
0: Over the past 20 months, we have seen a disturbing pattern of behaviour from the NRL and the RL Commission. What we have seen is a failure to respect the role of the players, representative body, erosion of fundamental player rights and attempts to buy off players without understanding this CBA Is about so much more than money the only choice we are left with is to take action
1: we just want progress to take place it's as simple as that we just put a stake in the ground really we 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 really want this thing done Uh, we don't want to spend our time I guess worrying about a negotiation, but this negotiation is important to the playing group so we want it done, we want it done sooner rather than later and hopefully by doing this we can bring everyone into a room and get it done. I think it's pretty clear that the
2: players are pretty united on the same page.
1: I feel sorry for the players because I believe that if you spoke to 95% of the players they wouldn't even know why they're not allowed to talk to the media. Um, I think they're being used,
2: it's wrong.
0: I know that they're prepared to take the 10% pay cut, but they need to to know and look at the books, or have someone look at the books. And you know, I think the game needs to take responsibility as well. If that's the case, we all take a pay cut. So I
2: don't, I
0: don't think that's too that hard.
1: This story had everybody talking and everybody hot under the collar, including yours truly here. The players took a firm stand, as you know. Headquarters played the diplomatic card throughout this, refusing to do media interviews was problematic, but the players were put in danger, in my opinion, of biting the hand that was feeding them. The broadcasters who pay the majority of their wages. They then wore tape over their NRL logo during the games. Tape that came off, and hardly moved the needle. Clint Newton butted heads with everyone. I I got I got frustrated talking to Clint. However, he gave as good as he got, and I certainly look back on some of my chats with him and go, you know what? It was just pure frustration that I probably should have gone the other way. In the end. The heavy hitters came in and worked it all out. NRL players earn very good money, earn more money. They have better conditions and they have more say. That was my number four story of 2023. It was so rugby league, (laughs) wasn't it? It was just so rugby league. So that leaves us three, two and one. And we'll do that after this. Going to Cleary, Cleary away to Crichton Crichton heading for the try line Stephen
0: Crichton, four grand finals in a row For Stephen Crichton And the Panthers within a try They're five metres out, Kenny goes to the short side Nathan Cleary, Nathan Cleary He goes through, Cleary under the post He has a kick to take the lead And maybe the Panthers towards a famous three-peat Full-time The Penrith Panthers three-peat. We've witnessed one of the most remarkable comeback games you'll ever see.
1: Absolutely. Joel Cain's call there. And Nathan Cleary. Exactly. Nathan Cleary's 17 minutes of just pure brilliance in the grand final of 2023. Comes in at number three for me. We ask the question often, can one player be responsible for winning a premiership? Well, in that case, yes. In the point of just 20 minutes or thereabouts, especially after a pretty ordinary, by his own admission, 20-odd minutes before, Nathan Cleary, to me, delivered the on-field performance story of 2023. So that's number three. Number two, the Matildas. Yes, the Matildas, for me, are the biggest sporting moment of the year, but I reckon that when it comes to the best story of the year, something else came up, or biggest story of the year. Was this... One of the biggest, or the biggest, ride the wave or feel good stories. It was all of the above. Most watched TV broadcast by far. Smashed it, had controversy, thrills, dramas, eventually, Sam Kerr in the mix. And then, of course, there was that incredible French match that became the shootout that stopped the nation.
2: Looks cool.
0: Vine scores! And Australia are into the semi finals! Australia, a mighty victory! And the Matildas are scaling new heights! Australia have won it back and now there's a break here Sam Kerr can run it nearly bright Sam Kerr continues on into the box Kerr strikes oh Sam Kerr can you believe it Stadium Australia has never ever ever been louder a
2: green and gold eruption
0: in Sydney I'm really, really happy the way the supporters and the fans supported the team in a very devastating emotional moment after the game. And I think one one reason they did that is that they're proud that all the players left it all out there. I hate to lose, but I've said it before, it's bigger than 90-minute football. We're very disappointed that we lost, but hopefully we won something else. We won the heart and the passion for this this game in this country. But I agree with the players. This is not the end of something. This needs to be the start of something.
1: It certainly was. The Matildas would go on to finish fourth and gain a very special place in Australian sporting history. Cathy Freeman-esque, you would have to say. Without doubt, the biggest sporting moment of the year. And for now, an amazing sporting legacy. But number one for me, the biggest sports story of 2023 was the Ashes controversy at Lords. Johnny Bairstow, Alex Carey, and everything else that played out. This one... Had the lot. The ultimate villains, the arch rivals, the stuffy lords members, the rule book, the spirit of the game. Australia and England totally divided. Commentators from both sides screaming for their own headlines, and many wondering out loud if the ghosts of Sandpaper Gate in 2018 were rising again. Who would have thought that a stumping within the rules of the game? would ignite a firestorm of analysis, opinion, hatred, arguments, misinformation and ill feeling that in my opinion was unmatched in the sporting landscape in 2023 and the biggest sports story of the year. Oh and it's, well
0: there's a shout for a run out. Now that's going to be very interesting. Upstairs we go, Bairstow's out here, Bairstow's gone wandering down the track after the ball landed with Carey Marea Rasmus the third umpire boy oh boy what a decision he has to make this is going to be given out we're on the screen it's given out it's a moment of controversy at Lords. the crowd are booing
1: if I was a fielding captain at the time I would have put a bit more well a lot more pressure on the umpires to to ask them what their decision was around the over and then would have had to have a a real think around the, the spirit of the game and would I want to potentially win a game with something like that happening and it would be no oh, I thought it was fair you know, it's, you know you see Johnny do it all the time he did it day one to Davey Warner he did it in 2019 to Steve it's a really common thing for keepers to do if they see a batter keep leaving their crease so you know cares full credit to him saw the opportunity I think Johnny did it a few balls beforehand rolled at the stumps Johnny left his crease you leave with the rest of the umpires So there you go. That is my 10 to 1. I've gone with the Ashes controversy there as the biggest sports story of 2023. And no doubt a lot of you are saying, well, the Matildas should be there. And I tend to agree with you. I was flipping and flopping all night, believe me. But I just think that the storyline out of the Ashes controversy in terms of how it played out and what it meant for the rest of the series, the rest of the test and the rest of the year, was just extraordinary and unparalleled. 10 to 1. Did we get it right? Did I miss anything? Do you agree? Do you disagree? 0457 736 736 is my text line. 1300 one three hundred o one eleven seventy. Debate that with me this morning. Our final show of 2023. That'll get us talking. We'll come back and uh, wrap this hour up and head towards the news. Plenty of time for your calls, of course, in our final hour.